Support for this podcast is brought to you by Abhishek Keshav. Thank you, Abhishek. If you like what we are doing, if you like the new, fresh and credible voices that we bring here every week, then please consider supporting Mind Podcast and click on support a podcast link on our website, mind.net. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Mind Podcast 92.0, your weekly source or in this case bi uh, weekly source, bi-weekly. not in bi weekly, uh, twice a week source for you news. To, you have to thank uh, Mr. Modi. I mean, mm. I have a feeling that we'll soon become weekly source. <laughs> <laughs> the way is, you know, becoming a. You mean a daily source? News breaker and a heartbreaker. <laughs> like, major heartbreaker this week has Are been it? Mr. Narendra Modi. I Black market. No, no. In, in, in Indians को black market इसका दिल उतना नहीं टूटा जितना Democrats का New York में टूटा है. There's My lot God. of heartbreak going on. Collective right? weeping going on. Collective, collective grief. हाँ, I saw somebody yeah. as. Um, but anyways, I'll we'll come to that. Uh, uh, this is, once again we're back with a brand new episode. Uh, this is Adit Kapadia and together with me are Sundar Vashisht and Pramod Kumar Puravalli. Uh, yes, we're going to be talking about all the events <coughs> that happened last week. It's almost going to be like a part two of our podcast, previous podcast. If you haven't heard the previous podcast, I mean you can still continue hearing this, but I'm uh, listening to this. But go back and just play play that so that'll give you a context about what we're going to be discussing <coughs> about. Uh, the two major topics this week are going to be the aftermath of Donald Trump's uh, shock victory in the US presidential elections and the aftermath of Narendra Modi's shock treatment to all the black marketeers in India. Uh, apart from that, we'll also talk about some of the few things that dominated the news, Modi's trip to Japan and a couple other things and uh, end with our recommendations. So without much further ado, uh, let me ask uh, you one thing, Pramod, and why are the Democrats in shock? The, the reason is until week before the elections, they were sitting pretty, both in their own internal but assessment. A week, day before. Huh, even a day in before. In the night, the day of. Uh-huh. The day of. Yes, because Can the FBI came, came back, retracted and yeah. basically gave her a clean chip. Yeah. And now, uh, now that the dust has cleared and uh, they are analyzing the reasons for their defeat, they feel that the FBI was the one that, you know, sealed her fate. And uh, because of so many different uh, parameters that work in the democratic process, especially because uh, now they've, they've always felt that the power is the only way to close up the skeletons in the cupboard. There's always these skeletons about mm-hmm. uh, uh, Debbie uh, Washerman Schultz mm-hmm. and her uh, play, uh, her role in making sure that Bernie Sanders never had Donna Brazil who fed those questions and Donna Brazil and all of this these closets it, it is the unraveling of the Democratic Party exactly. that they are extremely afraid of and they want to divert attention not the unraveling <coughs> of uh, that unraveling of good old friends who have r- always run the Democrat Party but I want to bring you to another uh, point Pramod and this is the problem with a lot of people on the left or leftist world around that whenever they lose they try to make it a single issue thing so they'll either say that oh everybody's gone uh, everybody's a misogynist everybody's a sexist that's why they voted for Trump or people are racist and stuff like that on this podcast three of us I know and I especially have criticized Donald Trump on a lot of the statements he's made I mean but I still went out and start I mean talk to some of his supporters here and some of uh, the supporters I know elsewhere in, in US just to get a sense of what because I know plenty of Hillary supporters and you would be shocked to see what issues they were voting on 
uh, if you talk to the ones in the Great Lakes area, they would say a lot of their Americans or white Americans voted because Donald Trump talked about renewing the manufacturing industry. So it was a the Rust Belt vote, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin. And Ohio, he, I mean, he swept. Yeah. That was a huge win. Florida, the issues were a little different than there. Uh, of course, there were some votes on immigration and what he said about it. But you cannot reduce this election to a single issue election and the major thing which people forget is bernie swept michigan and wisconsin in the primaries if i'm not mistaken by a huge that was your indication people there were waiting for a change michael moore articulated that very well uh, he came on joe scarborough shows which we're going to talk about some the about uh, new york times and stuff but i don't want to talk about it right now but i wanted your quick comments and then promote again my quick comments are that all this, um, you know, uh, VP stuff that we are seeing, uh, all the meltdown of Democrats that we are seeing, this is, they're still not getting to the bottom of it. They are all saying, I have read innumerable tweets and innumerable pieces where they are blaming um, um, you know, Americans for being uh, racist. I don't understand how Americans are racist when they voted a man who had Hussein in his name uh, twice. So they were not racist then. I don't know how they are misogynists because this was not a vote against women. I mean, if that is what Democrats feel and if what liberals of this American, you know, country feel that, you know, this was again, they voted against Hillary because she's a woman, they are mistaken. Hil um, Donald Trump's, by the way, and Pramod mentioned her last time, entire campaign was run, campaign manager was a woman. So now to her credit that she is the first woman who is, you know, um, uh, had been, was at that position. Kellyanne Conway. But that's not the point. The point here is that Democrats can still not put their hand on the, the finger on the right thing. Hillary Clinton lost because she does not have the credibility. Lot of people, Bernie voters, moved to Trump. Imagine Bernie voters moving from one end of the needle to Trump on the other hand and not going to Hillary in between. Yeah. What does that tell you? That tells you that Hillary, even when she was pitted against the most flawed candidate of the century, could not win this election because she has major credibility crisis. You know, one thing and people forget this. In 2008, 2007, 2008 primaries, when Obama was with fighting with Hillary uh, against or against, against Hillary, Hillary. Um, the, he change is a very powerful word he made that yes we can a change in Washington DC that was his motto he because that he was also new on no, no so I was about to say no 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 he was an unknown component in Washington DC he was the outsider he was the ultimate outsider the, an African American president had never been here was this erudite and I mean he was a phenomenal speaker I think one of the best orators in the world right continues now continues to be uh, and continues to be absolutely yeah. so of course there was the captivative audience Hillary again you know not the best of speakers and stuff and he just bowled I mean there were, no one gave him a chance initially and uh, and the same thing happened actually if you see a lot of comedy shows and the same Hillary Clinton good old fanboy fanboys club before primaries they were all ready about the Hillary presidency but then Obama came and everyone jumped let on, me on tell the Obama you let thing. me I I did not think uh, Donald Trump would win and I have been saying this for consistently for one year and I have uh, you know knowledge that I was wrong but this is the enormity of Donald Trump's campaign a Manhattan playboy who has never ever seen one day of hardship 
actually convinced middle America that he would fight for them and Democrats, the party is of the working class, of the working class was not able to convince the working class. He got maximum working class votes. Yeah. What does that tell you? What does that tell you about the angst in middle America also, that they could actually trust also, a Manhattan there place is, only goes around a, in Trump planes? And there is one caveat also, Pramod, before you come in, that a lot of people, you know, let's not, oh, I mean, this is a phenomenal win by Donald Trump for him, no question. But we can't overplay it also because it didn't happen that Hillary Clinton got less votes than what was projected. She still got 47-48%. Trump was projected to get 44-45% or something. Yeah. He ended up getting 40, almost the same, a little bit less than Hillary yeah. Clinton. And he got votes at strategic places. So that's why Kellyanne so Conway gets a lot of credit that's what I was for saying. what she did. What people in New Yorker and all these places, they just said that this is a scatterbrain campaign. Remember how much he got? Um, no, no, because, this because people were like, oh, this campaign is not well oiled like Hillary's <coughs> machinery. It's a it's a silly campaign. No one knows what they're doing. But look at the way they focused. Ohio is a good example. Ohio is a good example of how Ohio, North Carolina, uh, Michigan, those are good examples of how oh, Ohio, they concentrated on winning the electoral college. I, I would think Ohio, they were going to win anyways. Ohio has a Republican governor right now yeah. and uh, they had a good chance. But I think after Florida was too close or something, they decided that Wisconsin and Michigan, they might be able to swing. So they focused and, and Hillary didn't campaign in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So, no, anyways, you have to give Trump enormous amount of credit for the energy he has exhibited in campaigning day in and day out. Yeah. Uh, the issue of Hillary's health was also in the back of some people's mind because yeah. running the United States needs enormous, enormous amount yeah. of domestic and foreign uh, stamina. So by that I mean you have to constantly travel, you yeah. have to keep track of the domestic issues and uh, you know at the economy at the level at which the American economy is stagnated right now. You have to make sure that the policies that Trump is articulating and Trump's presidency, which is what I continue to say, is going to be a very troubled presidency. There could be attempts at impeachment by the, their own Congress. This is how bad it's going to be looking in the next four years. At the same time, he still went on with it, knowing all of this because he's not dumb. There is one thing you have to give credit to Trump. He's not is, dumb. He's not dumb. He knows not that he's playing with a lot of people's uh, emotions, but in a very smart way. Look at the way he has moderated himself after meeting Obama. Look at the way he's said that he's okay with uh, keeping some parts of the Obama healthcare plan, including uh, the uh, you know including the uh, feature in which young kids over 26 28 age group can continue to be on their parents health care uh, uh, some of these uh, you know things that he has said virulently during the campaign days he said that he is willing to out of sheer respect for obama what does that mean that means yeah. he is willing to compromise now we're com coming back to foreign policy how is he going to attack the isis ISIS is already under attack. How is he going to say uh, anything against Iran? They're already talking to Iran. Yeah. The foreign policy in the United States is actually a bipartisan consensus based thing run by the CIA, the Pentagon and the NSA. Absolutely. He has no say in it. Poor guy not will, just him, will, any president. Any president. You yeah. know, what will he say against Pakistan if uh, the United States says yeah. that, uh, uh, you know, Pakistan has to be split into four. There is the uh, the uh, nuclear blackmail that they will be constantly under. So he has no say under uh, 
whatever circumstances. But a quick, quick, quick point. This is also a point of truth or a moment of truth for the Republican Party. See what you said. If they go ahead and bypass and try to impeach Trump or whatever, go against him, they might lose a lot of popular. This is support. the end of the Republican Party. Yeah. So the you, fun is yeah, going to begin very exactly. soon. Exactly. So that might unravel too. And and because Trump has managed to do because he's not your core evangelical Christian candidate that Republicans are so he's used not, to. He's not your every New regular is GOP bamboozled Sunanda. Yeah, they don't an know what absolute to do. moderate. Mm-hmm. Absolute yeah. moderate. Mm-hmm. Has no agenda. He but. had he talked talked about LGBT rights on the stage of the convention. He had Peter Thiel who proudly said that oh, he's a gay, he's a Republican the, and an American. I don't think I've ever seen like the, anything the like clash this. Clash on Supreme Court appointments. Every single time he goes and sits with Paul Ryan, mm-hmm. who is extremely ambitious himself, wants to run in twenty nine mm-hmm. uh, in the next time. You know, these are all going to be legendary. Yeah. People like us will have so much fun discussing. Yeah, and we're going to talk about New York Times in a bit and stuff. But I have to say, I'm really looking forward to the State of the Union speech that Trump gives. The first speech that he gives. (laughs) We'll see. So I want to quote an interesting thing that happened. Uh, And Suranda sent me this link of Joe Scarborough, who's a Republican congressman, but does a show on MSNBC. Very interesting. It's called Morning Joe. That's what he's known. The show is known by. That day it was crying Joe. Crying Joe. Well, no, not really. Joe never had a breakdown per se. That's that's his style. I mean, if you see his show with Michael. No, no, I know. But uh, this whole. Joe is like uh, Arnab Goswami meets a little bit of Pranoy Roy Mm. (laughs) in between. So anyways, what I was talking about is, and I wanted to uh, give a general name Mark Halperin with the Bloomberg politics so him uh, uh, and uh, two other journalists have done the show on Showtime there's a channel called the circus inside the greatest political show on earth I'm making a plugging that show watch it it went on for the la- entire last year where they went on the ground uh, did inside reporting say, told how the elections was going and they indicated that you know Trump still had a chance to 270 uh, four days before the election or five days he was on an NBC panel with Brian Williams the infamous Brian Williams and he said something about this happening and they shot him down and everything like that so then Mark Halliburton was on Joe Scarborough's show and they were talking about New York Times he called it the onion because he's like, I respect the New York Times. That's what he said. But look at the headline. The headline was to the effect of Democrats, students and immigrants face the prospect of a Trump presidency. Something like that. Now, he said that for a candidate who has gotten 10% of chance of winning, according to your poll, New York Times gave him 9 or 10% chances of winning, comes back and wins an election. Are you going to, if a Democrat had done that, would you give such a headline? The problem with New York Times was they had all become cheerleaders for Hillary Clinton. And this is not just, they just Hillary. Also endorsed her. Now, officially, yeah. both, they have not endorsed a Republican in like 40-50 years or something. So no one expects them to uh, vote. But uh, unless the Democrat nominee is terrible. Um, but apparently even in this case they did not. So they could have gone without an endorsement also. But they did. Yeah. And so the thing is, they opin- what he was saying is opinions started masquerading as journalism. And what Joe was saying, if you have an editorial opinion, keep it on the damn edit page. Your headline should be, and he compared it to the headlines of Boston Globe, Wall Street Journal, um, Washington Post. But here is the problem. Here huh? is the problem. And this has been noticed in... Uh, entire liberal media across the globe as liberal space is being hijacked 
by these people who call themselves liberal but are not liberals. They are bigots, they are small-minded people, they are elitists and they do not look beyond their nose. And this, their demise has been aided by liberal media and um, institutions like New York Times and Washington <coughs> Post, especially in this um, season of elections. And in India, it has been done by so-called um, Times of India and all these people, Times of India anyway is now a mercenary enterprise. It is, it is, there's no difference between the way Times of India is run and a bar of soap is sold in the market. It is the same thing, you know, the owners don't feel any any greater responsibility just because they're running a newspaper. So the same thing has happened across, this is a malaise that is running over, running across this thing. This malaise is called not listening to the other side. This malaise is called being so much in your own ego, um, eco chamber and ego chamber both that you don't want to listen to other side at all. This happened in America that there were people hurting but you were not listening to them. The minute they would say anything against Barack Obama, you would say, oh, you are against um, a black president or this, this is racist. The minute you would say anything against Hillary, you would call them misogynist. Not every voice. I was pointing towards Hillary's flaws, but I am not a misogynist. I was pointing towards Barack Obama's Obamacare and saying that this is there's a huge problem in that. That does not make me racist. But the minute I say this, liberals immediately turn the door around you. They don't want to listen to you. They tell you this is the thing. The same thing happens in India also. If you look at this, this is the same feeling, same thing. The minute you say anything against um, liberal politicians or Congress or anybody there, they'll say, oh, you you just don't um, and, and, care and, and, Okay, so it brings me to one thing. And you come come into that uh, come after this. Uh, we had an Indian journalist, Barkhadat, who endorsed Hillary Clinton, and I don't think her coverage of Clinton was objective at all. She no. she she never so she never claimed it. She never it. claimed it to be objective, but I don't think she she ever it ever was. And I mean, you know, her tweets or whatever. My question is, should journalists be endorsing people? See, I believe journalists should on the day of elections or probably the day before tell whom they're voting for or something. But do you think journalists should be, uh, because of this position of journalists trying to endorse, it has colored their opinion so badly that they're unable to give objective opinions about I it? Think, I think op-ed columnists should, anchors should, but reporters should not. But what do you think? So Barkhadat is an anchor on Monday to Wednesday and then Thursday she goes to Srinagar and does a story, she becomes that's, a reporter? That, no, that still makes her an anchor. Exactly my yeah, point. That still makes her an no, anchor. Sorry, but, but news media has uh, basically just like politics is witnessing today, has also witnessed and borrowing you, your own words, uh, witnessed a very big shake up because of new media, mm -hmm. especially digital media. And what digital media has done is to show the mirror back to these journalists, news media anchors or people who are editors and all of these people who are sitting at an exalted position. Earlier, either on the left or the right, ideals, ideas and idealism mm. used to drive the editorial policy. Whether they are on left or right, it doesn't matter. They stood by their positions. Today, it is a very mean money minting machine. Whether you like it or not, New York Times tomorrow can only survive if they continuously hassle Donald Trump's no matter how bad or good Donald Trump's presidency. That is the template they'll have to follow because 
they are all dictated by a board of directors they have investors they have possibly if they are all public listed then they have their own uh, uh, general body of uh, uh, general uh, i would say understanding that this is the line they have to follow yeah. digital media does not conform to that uh, look at the three of us we come from three different backgrounds if there is some commonality between us we want india to succeed and to have great and friendly relationship with the united states we do not con- compromise on our cultural and indic background that is all the commonality that exists today tomorrow modi gets wrong we go after him we wish we him the best we have to decide today today all three of us uh, about a week ago had different opinions as far as our political preferences in terms of whom we felt would be winning yeah but we've all come together no, and no, said that, that no, we, 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 one, we one, one caveat to, that was our analysis right. not our political preferences no political preferences in terms of uh, you know the the choices that the united states would be making i'm just Correct. articulating huh. in in a different way hmm. but when it came to conforming to democracy we said whoever is the winner takes it all give him time hmm. give him a time to succeed or fail that is the luxury of digital media when the three of us are making that decisions we don't have any specific gateways that we uh, prevent some opinions from being published you were you were mentioning earlier also how different sort of opinions come to us we basically uh, you know make yeah. sure that there is no we plagiarism don't agree with everything yeah. that is published we, we, we make sure there is no plagiarism Simple. we make sure that there is no uh, sort of uh, abuse in there and we go ahead and publish, publish. so that is where that disruption is what mm-hmm. is you know you see how uh, <coughs> donald trump has said that he is not going to have a press retinue moving yeah. forward borrowing straight out of uh, modi's uh, play, playbook playbook huh so this is what is going to and i was continue one, one, to happen. one thing before, and uh, we need to wrap up and go to modi's thing that new york times uh, uh, the had the similar sort of idea about india as well the indian coverage it was the same good old boys girls club who was you know everyone knows everyone in covering it and the objectivity was completely missing we saw it during the 2014 lok sabha elections we saw it with the same voices who write on kashmir uh, and sunanda knows whom i'm talking about uh, they, they will continue to get an audience with new york times they might utter absolute rubbish and not like uh, form their opinion based on facts but they still get an op- uh, or keep continue getting an audience yeah. because of this so ye new york times ki you know their ideology has become this that only gives space to their friends and so forth so that and the fact that they have to issue a clarification that is the what i was coming towards new york times issued a clarification uh, which did not so much say that we messed up but then why did you what were you issuing a clarification for if you think yeah. you did not mess up so that was the thing so one thing also is saying but everyone who new york times has been endorsing has not been winning so that means uh, that really tells you that new york no, times not really is, i think they endorsed obama in 2012 no no oh you went to the last 5 10 last years. 5 years, five years. Uh, they endorsed they did not endorse modi and mm. they endorsed um, rahul gandhi mm. and then in brexit but that also could because that could be their understanding and rahul gandhi's understanding might be this on the same level no that could also mm. be that new york times <laughs> is completely completely you know away from what real people are thinking i would i would recommend that all these journalists they go 
they throw their um, uh, you know first class tickets of um, planes mm -hmm. away and they go and actually travel and live like real people no, I, that is what you me and but, you but, do but, when but, we travel you. all over we give up all pretenses of any kind of luxurious uh, this thing and we go and uh, live and travel and walk and eat amongst real people and that's how but we, we do that and also yet, yeah day. that's what i'm saying and we do that every day and yet i got it wrong but no day. but i have to tell you this uh, sunanda and promote also uh, before we wrap up uh, i get when newspapers who are left of center or people who don't agree with the bjp say endorse manmohan singh i don't agree with him i thought he was an extremely flawed prime minister um, criticize him but okay i get it that you think is what the hell explains their move to rahul gandhi <laughs> I, I don't think new york times i'm not sure if they did or not economists probably did economists did yeah what in the heck i'll tell you uh, again that is where you have to analyze they, they are all companies are they they oh. are not the fourth pillar of democracy which is funded by the public huh. you know when you look at the executive the legislator huh. or uh, judiciary mm. and then the fourth pillar is being called uh, uh, media mm. is being called as the fourth pillar mm. the fourth pillar is actually not funded by the public it mm. is private groups with their own self interest mm. who is funding mind makers the three of us with our own savings mm. yeah. hopefully we are praying to god that it becomes big that we are able to attract like minded people to come and make it a stronger organization mm. right yeah. that is where i, I used to uh, really diligently follow a website mm. Uh, which used to give the ownership patterns of organizations like NDTV, uh -huh. IBN, yeah. and see what their motivations are. If they are business motivations, I think that is what BJP of the past used to be very good at doing, which is media management. Mm -hmm. Now they don't. They don't ha uh, have uh, that capability anymore. And to, to wrap up quickly, you know, Rahul Gandhi's position in the government was, I quote Pramod Mahajan's famous speech on democracy. He was inside the government, but outside the front and supporting the government. <laughs> yes, I So even if he goes to withdraw four thousand rupees. Is if he is still covered, uh, you know, person who we will talk about that in the next yeah. Hold that thought. We'll talk about it in the next segment. Before we get to our uh, next topic, um, I do want to say that this is Mindmakers production. This Mind podcast is brought to you by the Mindmakers team. This uh, podcast is produced and edited by Adit Kapadia with the help of our team in India. The panelists for the um, podcast are Adit Kapadia, Pramod Kumar Buravalli and Sunanda Vashish, which is me. So, <coughs> first of all, um, and Pramod got so overwhelmed that he started coughing and crying as well. I रूरल एरिया 
And, and PM Modi himself, if I strongly recommend his speech that in he Goa. gave in Goa today. Superb. Superb speech. One of the best in his prime ministership, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. since he's uh, with the prime minister. He has acknowledged, he said, there is, this is not unknown to me. I know that this is going to be very, very difficult for a lot for people because we are so cash obsessed society and cash based society both mm. obsessed and based on cash poor so it's a temperamental change for a lot of people mm-hmm. and not everybody who has cash is black marketed and that's not what the government is saying as well but they're saying that you know we all need to change our habits move towards cashless system so that all these people who are hoarding money or you know all these people who are taking advantage of our cash based mm. society let's just Get no, because it's difficult. That. The older generation has not been on the credit card base. Even if they have credit yeah, card, I, I talk to a lot of people and they're like, you know, we, in in our back of our minds, in, they tell me, no, 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 not just that, ki how much we spend, we are not able to tra- keep track of because we are not, you know, even if they have smartphones, they're not like ki every time we'll check the app. No. If we have 5,000 bucks, we at least know that we have a thousand left, so we spend 4,000. Yeah. I'm not defending, but this is this is the perspective this that we be, need to understand. This is what needs to change. Now, but so. I will tell you this and here is where I come. I've, I've talked to my grandfather and many other friends and like uh, there in in Ahmedabad in Bombay and stuff some of them have said that there have been queues but the bank staff has been so helpful so even if they're in queues there have even been cases of volunteers have come with chai and stuff like that and uh, that now um, even the bank I think the bank was not banks were not prepared because they never had no idea what was hitting them and sometimes they run out of cash people have had to go to different ATMs there are people who have jobs and they can't afford to wait two hours in lines so that is happening but the bottom line is and and this is the thing is what this move has done is it has sent uh i don't know like a 440 volt jatka really you had mamata saying we are ready to do business with cpim or i shouldn't say the word business we are ready to talk to cpim uh mayavati and sp were uh, i mean i don't know next two tiers uh, uh the, the funniest thing is and i want to ask you mayavati always said na, ki usko to paisa 20 rupaya, 50 rupaya se log dete na, so she should not have any problem all of her money should be legal yeah because everything less than 100 is that i mean so i don't know what is going on but you were saying something about the no, Hyderabad the problem thing. is the banking infrastructure was always uh, inadequate to make uh, make any big changes like this many governments were presented with such options it's, it's not, not a, a what do you call that rocket science uh, idea that is being implemented today but at the same time <coughs> Rama uh, the problem is that there are two lakh ATMs and of which 120,000 are only functioning. That means 80,000 are not functioning for whatever reason. Now, of the 1,20,000, there is not enough liquidity or not enough cash in the uh, banking system to basically, it's almost like people are in lines to uh, not buy stuff, but to actually uh, get their own cash, you know. So that is where this was not that well planned in the sense that if they had informed the banking system ahead of time, mm-hmm. they would have had to print money to the yeah. extent 
and then somebody months, would have gotten a whiff of it. Then, then, then the element of surprise would have been gone. So there is a three-month pain period that India and has there to was no other way to do it. There was absolutely the, whether he had the, done it now, he had done it three months later, six months later, or three months before this. There is no other way than to. This is really like bitter medicine. You have to have it. And there are these loopholes that are showing up every now and then that are being plugged immediately because this is also a learning experience. Never has it been experimented at this scale in such a huge civilizational country like India yeah. of 1.3 billion people. Where <laughs> now, for example, if there are, I mean. If there are four thousand towns, and in the town of five lakh population, there are only maybe twenty-five ATMs, of which half are not functioning. Yeah. Then naturally, you will see these lines because yeah. no matter how much you deny it, the cash, even limited cash that you use to pay a uh, rickshaw wala or pay your tarkari wala, yeah. or for that matter, some payments are made only in cash because of the nature of that person's uh, capabilities to receive uh, funds. Mm. That is where this crunch will be yeah. witnessed for the next three months until the time the new uh, the ATMs are recalibrated and to uh, dispense the two thousand rupees and the five hundred rupees notes. The overwhelming sense is that people are standing in line; they are willing to, you know, put up with this inconvenience as long as this is a war on um, uh, black money and corruption and um, you know all kinds of uh, bad things that were happening with counterfeit um, currency and everything. <coughs> See Modi himself what people like Rahul Gandhi when they come in their Land Rovers and stand in line for 4,000 rupees just, just because he has poor guy has no never seen a credit card or a debit card or anything like that and for him to do all this he does not understand how much personal credibility Mr. Narendra Modi enjoys which has not faded even after he became the prime minister which has only gone up mr modi's personal credibility is at all time high that is why when he says give it up in um, uh, you know uh, lpg lpgs and i personally did not like the scheme as much i was like why is the government saying give it up you know get rid of the um, uh, thing but anyway that was one thing but when he says give it up there are people who actually do give it up when I say give it up, no one says, does anything. But this is the. But what are you asking to give up, Suranda? That is also the major question. Reading mainstream media. Acha, please. You know, this is my personal credibility on the line. Please, please read new bold. Suranda will be like, na padungi na padne dungi. I know. Please support people like us. Anyway, that was a digression. What I am saying is that these people forget the. You know, personal credibility that he enjoys. So when he comes and says, Sunanda. give up when you do up, when he says that, you know, this is a fight and <coughs> I'm with you, people actually So Kejriwal found it. that out. He went to two locations or something. In second location, he was hooted out. And I think I read a media report where they said by supporters of Modi. I mean, did they know? I mean, were they carrying BJP flags around? I mean, it could be just that it would be citizens of Delhi <coughs> who may or may not support PM Modi, but were pissed off that the CM had come to yeah. gain political gains. And same thing, see, Rahul Gandhi will only realize that his idea of India if he talks to other people rather than his chosen group or Congress workers. 
if he talks to common people he'll finally find out why his party is reduced to 44 seats yeah. and has no hope in hell of going coming to power at least if elections are held today or at least the elections in the states that are happening now he yeah. has no uh, hope so, in hell. so that's the so thing. the point is that really you know this is the time when the entire and the role of media i mean i just tweeted a small correction the times of india posted and i really do want to read it out because huh. it is so Before important that, Pramod, you wanted to make a point it is so important it's that so Looking it up. No, generally, uh, the people who are also in the opposition have welcomed a step, you know, persons yeah. like Nitish Kumar, uh, uh, Naveen Patnaik, Naveen Patnaik. Uh, people from uh, you know the one extreme thing, right? left parties. There are, there are conspiracy theories floating around Nitish Kumar though. About the re- a possible realignment. But I want to read this. Just give me one minute. I want to read this. This is in Times of India, and these people really should be ashamed of themselves. And this is a small, you know, um, corrigendum which was published on page twelve. Or it seven, I thought. Page page twelve in the small little corner, and it says a report in the edition dated November twelve. Senior dies outside bank. Etri star beat beat patrons page 2 said that a 73 year old Mulund resident Vishwanath Vartak died near HSBC bank the bank has pointed out that it does not have a branch or ATM in Mulund the error is regretted are these people not ashamed of themselves why did these people not go and do send a reporter and find out that is why I and this is published in a small little Timing page 12. That, that, I mean, are these people not really? Can, can I ask you a question? And this is probably going to sound like sour grapes or something like that. Uh, next time, next time we see a government of India ad in Times of India, should we question government of India? That, what are that is why I felt yeah. a little bit confused when they wanted to do that one day ban on NDTV and then they backed out for whatever reason. Oh. That is that is what the popular uh, you know impression is of the BJP, that they are paper tigers. They mm-hmm. say something and then ultimately they come back and whimper mm-hmm. in the corner. But Modi continues to disprove oh, every single absolutely. aspersion or doubt yeah. you have. You know, that, that is where Modi is even leaving BJP behind. True. Even BJP tomorrow, he if, has, he, uh, if they really want to have a realistic chance of building elections, they cannot use any sort of uh, uh, thing except for pure ideology and the personality of Narendra Modi. He has made enemies within his own party's backers, no question about that. And this is such a bold move. I mean, you can't even say, I've been talking to my American friends who've been talking, I mean, they read the financial newspapers who have been talking because this is pretty much rebooting the, uh, or at least like doing a surgical strike on the Indian economy. But the question what you said, Surinda, this is pathetic. You also had news organizations or journalists saying about that uh, increase in salt prices. Some idiots had 400 rupees a kilo or something coming up. That's like, even if you, uh, I don't think in the world anywhere it's sold sold at that much. Everyone to read Shalindar Marathi's piece that uh, was published on Mindmakers today and he says the media has abandoned its role of educating people when situation or change or crisis emerges. The media does not take its role seriously. They will just go around rumor mongering. They will just go around adding the fuel to the um, fire, adding, making sure that, you know, um, things get out of control, sensationalizing everything instead of, you know, trying to give a sound analysis just because they hate the man who is on the, um, uh, you know, head of affairs. So that ends uh, this part of the podcast. Quickly, uh, before we wrap up, how do you think Modi's visit to Japan was successful? 
Yes, Quite successful. Yeah, we have also been <clears throat> saying for a while, uh, Pramod has been saying this on the podcast and otherwise also that Japan and India have so much in common and this is a relationship that we that really needs to be uh, Absolutely. But on the same token, uh, Harita wrote a piece on the India-UK. Theresa May's visit was not that, that. successful. Yeah. And we have written about it. We are probably the only news outlet across the board that has carried a report uh, that um, you know extensive, extensive report. report about and, and this is very significant because her hardened stance on immigration was yeah. what um, and uh, she, her uh, one of her lines actually may have brought a smile to my face. She said the four billion or the four million pound curry industry in uh, UK was very angry with her immigration policies because they said it's economically affected. Well, she them. could go to a temple, but her temple was broken. <laughs> you know, because you know, you come here, you strut here after Brexit. You want India's help. You want access to our market, and uh, you know, you send uh, uh, millions of pounds to convert our people. You have dubious uh, ways, confused people. I don't don't worry about a small island uh, somewhere. No, and, and but I'm really. You're talking about Hawaii, of course. The but sun really, set on British Empire long time ago. No, but we I don't I worry about very, small islands. I'm very positive about this uh, visit. To Japan, Japan yeah. the other big uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, island that ba- basically because Japanese have spooked yeah. uh, ever since Trump came on uh, uh, you know uh, the hot chair and Trump <laughs> has always been saying that why are the Americans paying for the um, naval base in Okinawa yeah. or for that matter protecting South Korea so both Japan Japan and South Korea are really spooked <laughs> and they are looking towards India and India has always felt that Japan really has good intentions but it does not display its intentions because yeah. it is always constantly under the grip of the United States. You remember mm-hmm. that article Adit many mm-hmm. maybe several months ago when you know uh, Japan wants to do this nuclear deal. This is a big nuclear deal that happens in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, they will build is. those Westinghouse nuclear reactors yes. all across. You know an interesting thing though absolutely. you talked about Trump's foreign policy issues. The two people who are in the cabinet we can say for sure one of them is maybe the Secretary of State Newt Gingrich or even Rudy Giuliani who might be the Attorney General. They're both straight shooters. They don't mince their words. So it will be an interesting if America has a Secretary of State. I mean you had John Kerry and uh, Hillary Clinton both died in the wool establishmentarians mm-hmm. who you know always speak sweetly stuff like that and then you have Newt Gingrich who goes and shoots his mouth off. I wonder what is going to happen. We, 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 we I just want see. Newt Gingrich and uh, um, uh, Sunanda has either invented a new cricketer or a new politician. No, no, no. I just want Parikar ji and Newt ji together. No, the headline would be foot in mouth chutney. That would be foot in mouth chutney. What did he said? Something Manohar Parikar made some new comment about nuclear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said about, said about the no first, first use. use. I will not say it. If I, I will not go it. by the book or something. I he heard. said if I have to use it, why will I say it? And he said that he said this is my personal opinion. <laughs> uh, so that's why I'm saying the new G. But he's also he does also has a finger on the button. Uh, no, well, that's what I'm saying. New G and Parikar G to, together in one room. <laughs> but would be very you know, I have to say something. That that part about Manohar Parikar, I don't think he should ever change this style of him. He he's just best when he's you know he just speaks his mind. In fact, just just um, you know just before this podcast, my mother who's here, she was talking about uh, you know Parikar G, and she was saying that you know he really needs to control his this thing. I said why is he a poet? 
it. Mm. So my mom was like, no, why? I said, only poets need to speak well. <laughs> no, and you have to also understand the 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 correct amount about how much a defense minister might speak is probably exactly in between A.K. Anthony and Manohar Parikar. <laughs> so since you had 10 years of A.K. Anthony, we need Parikar to balance out, or, or 8 years of A.K. Anthony, because uh, pr- a lot of people forget actually that our uh, current uh, prime minister was the defense minister before Mr. Anthony from 2004 to 2006. Yes, so when they keep saying that uh, when uh, Shekhar Gupta famously calls him Bapu Nadkarni, does he mean that Mukherjee was also Bapu Nadkarni for two years? So, you know, you, you, when we have convenient journalism on defense ministers, it's That's quite interesting to see. Yeah. So anyways, uh, recommendations. Sunanda, kya My recommendation, many, to I am just completely bowled over and so moved. Uh, by prime ministers you have to give something non political no, 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 no. come on i need to tell people of course of course that they need uh, to uh, unless you believe this. it's non political it is non political uh, uh, come on no no <laughs> that doesn't work you you'll get 5 minutes to think of a recommendation okay, 5 minutes uh, yeah. and you get minus 1 point for laziness oh, okay. so promote <laughs> I really have no specific book or... Uh, oh, you got minus five points for laziness. No. I gave you two minutes when I was asking Sunanda. <laughs> no, film recommendations specifically, but uh, um, the article that um, Shailendra Marathi wrote is something that people should uh, read. read. It's uh, uh, mm. written very well mm. and uh, basically talks about the, uh, the so-called uh, hypocrisies that exist today. Mm-hmm. People should be really happy that somebody is walking the talk and talk, you know, basically carrying forward why we got him elected in the first place is to be tough on corruption, tough on terrorism and improve the economy. And if the person does three out of three, even if he completes 80% of what he set out to do, then his his mandate is what we've always wanted. Absolutely. So you have to suffer in the short term to benefit in the long term. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have two recommendations. One is the non-political one. Uh, Is I watched a film last night uh, called Doctor Strange with Benedict Cumberbatch who plays Sherlock in the new Sherlock series. Uh, He plays Doctor Strange in that movie. I thought it was an excellent film. It was very, I mean, it was unlike any other superhero film because it was written complicated. The visuals were breathtaking. I mean, the amount they must have spent on it. And it, uh, the film is set in a way where he takes a lot of philosophies and stuff from Indic philosophy. He goes to Nepal, talks about Hinduism and I mean, they don't straight away talk but you can say that's where the uh, thing comes from there is the scene where he's talking about uh, uh, learning sanskrit or so forth from the librarian and it was about basically the body and the soul that's the concept he's talking about the reviews are fantastic as well by the critics i would recommend people to watch doctor strange it's unlike anything you've seen but go with an open mind because if you go expecting an iron man you'll be thoroughly disappointed (laughs) yeah and his performance is excellent he's altered his accent and stuff a little bit as well so and my second uh, recommendation is uh, the video that we were talking about with Joe Scarborough, Mark Halperin and his takedown of the New York you Times. You said you were going to post it all. I already have. Yeah. Yeah. Me I and Sunanda had this long conversation which okay. people might think we only talk to each other on Twitter mm-hmm. but that's not the case mm-hmm. about this. <laughs> Sunanda, go on. Um, um, okay, I'm going to go completely uh, saying I um, actually went and revisited this book uh, a little while ago. Uh, a Flight of Pigeons by Ruskin Bond and the book uh, the, and the famous movie Junoon that Shashi Kapoor had produced and acted in as well. Yeah. Um, 
was based on that hmm. and it is based on 1857 um, what they used to call at that time gadar and now what we rightly call first war of independence thankfully because that's what it was first war of independence i recommend people to read it it's a very sensitive poignant love story set in 1857 between a pathan man which is in the movie played by shashi kapoor very very well and a british girl hmm. and uh the shambhal shambhal made the film mm. govind nehlani was the dop director of photography in that film this was film wala's first production and um jennifer kendall plays uh mother of ruth um the name of the character in the ruth but nafisa ali um who is the object of interest and object of affection for shashi kapoor's character um i would really recommend that book because she tells him that you know you can get this girl after delhi falls to the rebels delhi never falls to the I rebels i actually saw a movie but i don't know if i, I have never recommended movies yeah, i saw a movie go. called it, it's not going to do nothing to your um, reputation don't worry no no it will do it so you watch <laughs> i watched a movie called paying guest paying yeah. guest of uh, devanand and uh, uh the who's that mohanish bells mother no 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 you're only 60 Nuthan. years late but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no lovely movie this for the first yeah. time in my life i have heard someone called nutan as mohanish bells mother <laughs> i know that is truly oh my god <laughs> I, i mean the, the next thing i was going to say that eldest son in hamsath sath is mother i mean you know <laughs> I mean, it's great. I mean, Monish Bhai is probably going to be thrilled. Huh? I saw that movie on the way back from uh, India. From India. Nuthan is only India. probably one of the most successful Indian actresses Actress. ever. Very. <laughs> very <good>. <laughs> so. <laughs> And for her to be called Monish Bhai's mother, but she'll be happy when she'll be happy. Yeah. I love Nuthan. Nuthan was phenomenal. Yeah. No, I, I'm glad you didn't say Kajol's aunt. She was also. Uh, you don't know that. That's the shocker. I was about to say. <laughs> और तनुजा सिस्टर तनुजा सिस्टर यू नो तनुजा अरे मैं कंफ्यूज मत करो अच्छा शशि कपूर गो एंड रीड इट इन माइंड मेकर a sabbatical for politics for 15 days and just write about films yeah. because i i can't even tell you how many conversations we've had about movies and music so anyways more on that later maybe we'll do a podcast maybe we'll do a podcast who knows that. you should find uh, you should find a film star that mm-hmm. we can talk to so anyways that brings us to the end of this uh, podcast uh, fascinating discussion we'll be back next week with more with podcast 93.0 so and this will be this time it will be in a week unless and until Prime Minister Modi thinks that it's just let let me play have some more fun in the middle of the week. So, anyways, we'll be back soon. This is Adit Kapoor signing off. Thanks.